1: You're listening to Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out with you here on the Sports Betters Paradise with my longtime radio colleague in the Baton Rouge area, Charles Hanagriff. Now, one thing you got to know about the the market of Baton Rouge. Nobody cares more about college baseball than they do uh, in Baton Rouge. Well, it's not because the program is uh, not uh, accomplished a whole lot. After the pairing show on uh, Monday, Memorial Day, uh, Charlie and I also sat down with Skip Burtman for a couple of hours, had a power lunch, and we're just comparing notes and what we thought, immediate reaction uh, to the field. So the re- reason I bring that up is because we are forced to follow college baseball uh, much more than any other markets. Our, our, uh, our listening audience demands it, so we put it to use this time of the year. Uh, and try and uh, give you some breakdowns and kind of give you a guide of handicapping and some flat-out picks. Here's the 101 that you need to know about the College World Series or the NCAA Baseball Tournament. And I apologize for it being a little bit simple at the start. So, in 1999, they went from a 48-team field to 64 teams. Why I say that is because that's when they went from 16 regionals, they had eight 16 regionals, the winner's, all went to omaha to four team regionals. Why I say that is because well we were we're we're conditioned to do the march madness. Well if you got four number 2 seeds, it can only be so much variance there. When you have 16 2 seeds, well there's a lot of variance and that's where we kind of come going to help you out and tell you where the stronger brackets are. In the weaker brackets are as far as regional picks and also individual picks. One through 16, uh, one through eight are seeded in order. They will host for the super regional round if they advance. Nine through 16 are now seeded as of 2018. Why do I say this? Because the number one seed in Wake Forest could have been matched up with the Nine or ten. Well, that's not fair. So they're now they matched up 116, 215, etc. So we talk about the variance of those twos and threes. Uh, the other thing is don't overreact to conference tournaments. Teams with uh, secured spots, whether it's a national seed, a nine through 16 host site, or say that number two seed, no matter what, uh, what, uh, you know, no matter where they are, what happens if they win it or go to and out in their uh, in their bracket in the conference tournament, they are overly precautious with their star pitchers. Some don't even throw them at all, as we'll talk about. And so, Charlie, let's start off with that. And you wanted to break down the three strongest regionals and the three weakest regionals by RPI because, as I talked about, that variance uh, is something that is really, really big. 16 twos and 16 threes and fours.
0: Yeah, and Jimmy, I, I think, you know, the the four seeds are in the most uh cases the automatic qualifiers. Think of them as the the, the 14, 15, 16 seeds in NCAA basketball tournament. So one bid one big leagues. Yes. Um so the the three toughest regionals by RPI uh are South Carolina, Indiana State, and Oklahoma State. Um, South Carolina, for instance, uh, has, has a 13-seed in Campbell, a 13-RPI uh, as a 2-seed, a 23-RPI 23, seed, a 23 RPI as their 3-seed. As comparison to the easiest regional, which is LSU, uh, their 2-seed has an RPI that is lower than the 3-seed at South Carolina. In fact, LSU's 2-seed Oregon State is lower uh, in the RPIs than, I think it's 5 Of the uh, of the three seeds that are elsewhere, so the toughest would be uh, Indiana State, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, Kentucky is also very close there, and the three easiest were at the top: uh, LSU, Wake Forest, and Florida. Aided in a lot of ways by Wake Forest and LSU, got the two lowest seeded four seeds uh, in Tulane and George Mason.
1: I've already put bets uh, down on those uh, three regionals. Uh, LSU, keep in mind, Tulane has a nineteen and forty record, so they were fifteen and thirty-nine heading into the American tournament. They they won it, <clears throat> won four out of five games and beat uh, East Carolina, upset them uh, to get the automatic bid in LSU. George Mason is extremely weak. Northeastern Maryland uh, had a nice run uh, in the uh, conference tournament uh, in the. In the Big Ten, they won it, uh, but they're the number two seed. But uh, Wake Forest uh, at home should take care of them uh, pretty easily. That's the RPI, Charlie. Do you agree with your eyeball or just following it that those correlate as well?
0: Yeah, I would have probably just with the eyeball test, would I put a number to it, said the toughest regional was in Lexington Uh, because I got a lot of faith in West Virginia. I know that they didn't have a very good Big 12 tournament. And they struggled in the final week of the regular season at Texas, but this was a uh, one of the co-champions of the Big Twelve. Uh, when we get in our picks, I'll tell you uh, some of the other reasons I like them. I think that West Virginia is a very, very dangerous two seed in Lexington, and I think Indiana is better than your average three seed coming out of the Big Ten. So, um, other than the ones we talked about, I would have I would have said Kentucky, uh, and the Wildcats struggled. They lost six of their last seven series.
1: Also, in uh, a team like Oregon State, who got beat and gave up double-digit runs, we say, whether well, pitching was supposed to be pretty weak. They didn't even throw their top two starters. We saw Dave Van Horn for Arkansas pull his, his ace with only a seventy-five pitch count in a game situation with runners on in a close situation. Don't care. We saw you know uh, Jay Johnson do with the number one overall pitching prospect, Paul Skeens, out of LSU at eighty-eight pitches with the bases loaded and two outs in a game in a close game. Did not matter. And so we 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 saw that it also the venues that these conference tournaments were played in as well don't overreact because Charles Schwab Field in Omaha, where the College World Series was played, is very pitching friendly. The Hoover Met is pitching friendly. And where the Pac-12 played in Tucson uh, is very hitting friendly. And we saw some skewed numbers because of the venues.
0: Yeah, and, and also remember the uh, the schedule of this, Jimmy. Most teams play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, the final week of the regular season, just to give them a bit a, a more of a, a gap between that and the conference tournaments. But if you don't get a buy in these conference tournaments, you're starting on Tuesday and nobody's going to rush pitchers back on three or even four days rest when they've got the NCAA tournament coming up, you know, in, in the following week. On the other hand, uh, one of the things we do look at is teams that get out of their conference tournaments very quickly have an inordinate amount of rest? Ole Miss last year won the national championship, was in the SEC tournament for one day, and then had ten days off before they played again. Sometimes that plays. You know, we talk about rest versus rust all the time. Sometimes that plays to your advantage.
1: Well, we're trying, you know, correlate or try and compare things at the approach with uh, March Madness, and sometimes uh, the committee or the betting public can overreact to the recency bias of what they've seen lately. So our point is they <laughs> they it's even less for baseball how they because the pitching because they just don't play them. Imagine they just sat out the leading score in the yeah. ACC tournament or the S or a conference tournament wherever you're playing. So it's even more exaggerated. Do not overreact to what you saw last in the the conference tournaments. The best team is Wake Forest. Uh nobody's going to argue with that. Uh, ACC is the number two RPI league. It's a hitting-friendly ballpark, but both their pitching and hitting numbers are out of sight. They have not lost a weekend series all year. So that is 10 in the ACC and three more non-conference. The thing is, though, the big stage, the stage gets much bigger in Omaha. This program has not been to Omaha or the College World Series since 1955.
0: Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Tom Walter. Uh, we, we got to know him a little bit uh, when he was coaching University of New Orleans, and he has done a fantastic job with that program. Jimmy, they're the most balanced team. They have two bona fide number one pitchers up at the top of the rotation. They have a strong third, they have a very good bullpen, uh strong closer. closer with double digit clo- double digit saves. And they hit throughout the lineup. There, There's just not very many weaknesses that you can point out with Wake right now.
1: Hottest team is in the same league, the Clemson Tigers. Uh, visited Clemson uh, during the Easter break with my son, and they were kind of whining. Well, we got Eric Backage. Man, he's going to be good. He got Michigan. He got Michigan to one win away from winning the whole thing when they lost the third game uh, to Vanderbilt not so long ago. He's in his first year, and all of a sudden, they have caught lightning in a bottle. They have won 20 of 21 conference games in the number two RPI league.
0: And I think that this is the most intriguing matchup of any regional, Jimmy. A second game, uh, a marble game between Clemson, the hottest team, and Tennessee. Preseason number one, and it'll be fascinating to see if Tony Vitello throws Chase Dolander in the opening game of the regional or he holds him. He's been pitching on Saturdays for the most part, uh, the back half of the season. So if Tennessee holds Dolander uh, against Charlotte, which I, I think is is likely, um, Charlotte was one of the bid stealers on the last day of the tournament. So I think he stays with his regular rotation, and his Chase Dolander will be a top ten pick in this in June's draft. Uh, going against the hottest team in America in Clemson. That, that to me, is the most intriguing potential Marble Game matchup of Weekend 1.
1: Tennessee was certainly the best team this time last year. I mean, they had one of the best regular seasons in the history of college baseball. They got upset in three in the Super Regional round at home in Knoxville against Notre Dame. But, you know, that line is a little low in that Tennessee-Charlotte game. It maybe tells you that uh um, that Fatello is going to save uh, his ace uh, for the host uh, Clemson Tigers we'll see about that in the best league sorry I know you for you SEC fatigue folks but uh, half the national seeds are from the SEC half of the host sites are from the SEC ten uh, 10 picks in all and I mean you're looking at uh Florida at number two O'Sullivan uh has won it before you're looking at Arkansas at uh, number three uh they were a uh, a routine a foul ball uh, catch from winning it against Oregon State. Vandy and C- Corbin has won, and LSU is the number 5 national seed. They've won uh, six national championships uh, as well. So there's no doubt that um, the SEC, but we don't have that super team for the SEC. Kind of that pack is all, you can make a little bit of an argument for all of them, Charlie, but they all have a little bit of a drawback as well.
0: They do, and you know who's playing the best. You know, for instance, two weeks ago, um, Vanderbilt went two consecutive series and scored twelve runs. All right, that was against um, uh, against Arkansas and Alabama. Well, they uh, they got into the final weekend of the regular. Excuse me, against Vanderbilt and uh, uh, or Vanderbilt against Alabama and Tennessee. Well, when they got into the uh, final week of the regular season, they had to go to Fayetteville and kind of secure their top eight national ranking well they did that then they got in the SEC tournament and they won the thing and the SEC tournament will be tougher than any of these regionals uh, or or super regional draws you put eight teams together in any of these pairings they're not tougher than the SEC so that that's a, a a good example Tennessee went to Missouri the opening week in the regular season and got swept shocking Arkansas, number three national seed, went to Georgia, who just fired their coach, and got swept. The league has a ton of parity. LSU was number one in the nation for most of the year, fell off the last three weeks of the season. So any of these eight teams, I think, are capable of getting into a, a, a Super Regional or to Omaha, but obviously not all of them will.
1: Tennessee and LSU were preseason top choices to win it all. Uh, And uh, the problem with Tennessee is they just lost pretty much the entire lineup uh, from a year ago. So they're playing better. They're getting better. But they got a tough draw going to Clemson. As far as LSU, the lineup is loaded. But the bullpen pitching has been a major, major Achilles heel. I mean, flat-out awful uh, to say. And maybe worst ever at stretches. For this proud LSU program, um, and well, they showed some signs in a pitching-friendly park in a Hoover Met. I'm not ready to say that they're um, they've got all of their bullpen woes fixed, uh, since uh, they they kind of um, they they pitch much better out of the pen uh, in that park. Speaking of the SEC, it's funny, Charlie. You've got three of your five uh, regional picks. Are from the SEC. I've already bet them. LSU's minus one seventy five, Florida minus one fifty two, and Vanderbilt in Nashville minus one fifty.
0: Yeah, um, you know we, we talked about LSU's regional draw. Tulane would not be in this field had they not gone through the American tournament. They were a fifteen and thirty nine team. Jimmy, for your first game, you're look Tulane. Give them all the credit in the world for coming through that tournament. But you're not going to get a weaker overall resume than what the Wave has for your first game. Oregon State has struggled to pitch. Uh we talked about their numbers in the, the uh the Pac-12 tournament. Uh team ERA are 465. Their top two starters with ERAs around five. And you know, the, the top two guys didn't pitch in the Pac-12 tournament, but the two guys that did got hit really hard. Now, Oregon State has has balanced hitting throughout the lineup. But LSU's 28-7 and seven at home. Uh, they're 17-12 and 12 against uh, Q1 teams, and they won 8 out of 10 SEC series. They've beaten both Tulane and Sam Houston, the 3-4 and four seed, already in uh, the regular season. And I, I don't think I need to remind anybody how much different the temperature is in Corvallis and Baton Rouge at this time of year. It's going to be hot And I think the Tigers have an advantage there. We've seen teams come in here and kind of melt a little bit in the heat before. So I think LSU is a a very strong choice here. Uh, Last I checked, Jimmy, was minus 185. I know that number has climbed here in the last 24 hours.
1: Uh, You get Florida and Vandy as well.
0: Florida, um, I think, uh, you know, coming in here, you know, you, you look at Texas Tech, 6-10 Six and ten on the road, and twelve and thirteen against Q one. Um, this is your, your your big competition. They were swept to Texas. Their only road series win was uh, at Oklahoma. Florida thirty and six at home, twenty one and twelve against top fifty teams, and they have won eight out of ten SEC series. They've won all their SEC series at home. In fact, Florida hasn't lost a single game at home since April of fourteenth. Uh, they were two and one in the SEC tournament, uh, but you know they they didn't have really much to play for, and they get another very weak four seed to open this thing with FAMU, Florida. 119 homers led the Southeastern Conference, and Jimmy they have what most teams crave, which is a bona fide three man rotation. Uh, all of them started 15 games. They had the same three guys start every weekend of the regular season. That's pretty rare. 297 strikeouts in 205 innings pitch for those three guys uh, Caglione, Sproat, and Waldrop. Florida Gators, very complete team, uh, pretty weak field in Gainesville comparatively. I think they move on. And then Vandy has, you know, they just won the toughest tournament you can have, and their home record, 25 and 6. They're 21 and 14 against top 50 teams. Jimmy, that means that 35 of their 59 games that they played this year were against the top 50 teams in the uh, in the country, the only team with more quality wins is Clemson. They just won the SEC tournament they beat uh, Auburn and Alabama who are host sites they beat a m who's in the tournament they beat Florida one two who's a national seed. Now this is not a Vanderbilt team that knocks it around a ton uh, their team batting average is in, in the lower part of the SEC. They steal a ton of bases. Enrique Bradfield is the SEC leader in stolen bases, and he is going to be a first-round pick next month. Um, I think that their field uh, generally is uh, is pretty weak. Um, I, I think that Vanderbilt and Tim Corbin, a ton of postseason experience. He knows how to run this thing. Uh, I think Vandy advances.
1: And keep in mind, I think the, the the better way to bet if you're gonna like if you like some of these national seeds like we do with LSU, Florida, and Vanderbilt, is bet them to win the regional as opposed to the first game. All of these teams will pitch probably their number three, okay? Or even lower, their number three in the first game. Sometimes it can bite you. You know, so, but, you know, just beware that. And I've seen these lines move up on a lot of them in game one. They're going to pitch down because the most important game is the second game. If they win, then they have their ace thrown against the number two from a two or three seed. That's a big advantage, and that will set them up for two games to win one. So, it's it's you know it's a little bit dicey uh, for some of these national seeds pitching down. All right, so what regionals can we kind of get uh, a non number one seed to get it? Let's go to the South Carolina regional first of all. They were one of the hottest teams, probably the best team uh, mid season uh, in conference play in the SEC and then they got hit with a rash of injuries and kind of barely hung on to a national host site at number 15 of the 16 sites. Campbell, the Campbells could have easily been a host themselves, so they make the short trip uh, to Columbia. Campbell is plus 190 to win the Columbia Regional.
0: And I like the Campbells here. Uh, Jimmy, when LSU played South Carolina, Uh, Back in April, I thought South Carolina was the best team in the country at that point, but they have not been that team down the stretch. Will Sanders is their ace. He hasn't pitched since May the 5th. Now he's going to be able to pitch this weekend, but they don't think that they are going to start him. They're going to use him out of the bullpen, short stints. They may try to use him twice. But he's going to have to, you know, come off of a a three-and-a-half-week layoff. No telling how sharp he's going to be. The senior shortstop, Braylon Wimmer, pulled a hamstring on April the 28th. He's only been able to DH since coming back two weeks ago. They think they're going to get him back in the lineup at shortstop, but will he be compromised? Their starting catcher, Cole Messina, Took a foul tip to the mask in the SEC tournament. He's been in concussion protocol since. They think that he's going to be able to go, but again, all of these guys could be just a little bit, uh, a little bit compromised. Uh, South Carolina has had a hard time scoring runs. Uh, they're one in five in their last six SEC series. You can see how much they faded uh, down the stretch. Uh, going back to early April, the last 15 uh, last fifteen games, they've scored three runs or less nine times. I've been to Founders Park. The ball's going to fly there this weekend, Jimmy. And Cam- uh, Campbell uh, is third in the nation in home runs. They've got 116 home runs. I'm sorry, fifth in the nation in uh, home runs. Top 30 in doubles. 318 team batting average. Six starters over 300s. Uh, and six players with double-digit home runs. I like also that the Camels were 20-9 and nine on the road. We're going to cite road stats an awful lot with these visiting teams. I think it means a lot. They're 9-5 and five against the top 50 Q1. Now, the Big South was not very good, the league that they won. So they piled up 27 wins in Q4. Big South was the 15th best conference only. But, Jimmy, when they did have to step up, they played 14 games against top 50 teams. Uh, they were nine and five, and they were eight and five against teams fifty to a hundred. They've beaten ECU three times. They beat Coastal. They beat North Carolina. They beat UNC Wilmington. They beat UL Lafayette twice. Their non-conference strength of schedule was thirteen. So don't look at Campbell and think, oh, they haven't played anybody. They did play in a weak league, but they have some quality wins on the schedule.
1: All right, uh, yeah, and there's no doubt and you uh, you know some of the regular listeners said to the podcast would talk about, you know, teams playing below or above their total resume. And there's no doubt that South Carolina, South Carolina has a number 15 seed overall resume. They ain't even close to playing where they were earlier in the season. So uh, in in Andrews in I mean, it's just bad luck because they were the best team in the country. Let's go to Lexington, Kentucky. So you got the um, you get the big uh, country festival that's forcing the visiting teams, Ball State, Indiana, and West Virginia, uh, into the Kentucky dorm rooms. There's no available hotels within an hour of Lexington. Maybe just go set up shop at maybe uh, Woodford Reserve or something. Kentucky, uh, not uh your typical bang-em kind of uh uh. SEC program a lot of small ball with the Wildcats uh, this year. West Virginia non traditional power that won a traditional league in the Big Twelve that's not traditionally as strong as it usually is. But West Virginia is at a decent price in a in a vulnerable uh, uh, web. A vulnerable regional here in Lexington, plus two hundred and twenty five at Bet Rivers,
0: yeah, when you look at overall resume, Jimmy, I think that this is two teams in Kentucky and West Virginia that are very opposite. Kentucky is pro- their RPI is propped up by things that happened in a the non conference they had uh, wins against Elon, Wright State, and Indiana State. Those may not sound like powerhouses. But their RPIs are very high, particularly Indiana State, who's number nine in the country. They swept them. They also beat a good Indiana team. But Kentucky has lost six of their last seven SEC series, and they were one and done in the Southeastern Conference Tournament. You're right, uh, they run an awful lot, but uh, they have just simply not hit as well as, as you would think an SEC team would that is a host site. West virginia here's the recency bias that I want you to you know be be cautious of. They were swept at Texas the final weekend of the regular season. They caught a hot Texas team and they went two and out of the big twelve tournament but before that. They had won five Big 12 series in a row. against They swept TCU, who just went through uh, the Big 12 tournament, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, West Virginia, 19-10 on the road. They're 14-10 against Q1. Their RPI, Jimmy, is hurt by things that happened early in the season, whereas Kentucky benefited from those things. West Virginia was playing all their games on the road. They can't play at home in February and early March. So they lost seven games to Q3 and four teams. If it wasn't for that I think West Virginia would probably be a host site uh, if you just shaved off the February part of the schedule. They'd be Kentucky would be uh, at uh, at Morgantown. So I think uh, West Virginia, despite what you saw the last weekend of the regular season, is playing much better baseball. I like them to get out of Lexington.
1: All right, individual games on Friday. Again, these lines are available at Bet Rivers. We talked about Campbell liking them to win the Columbia Regional, uh, the first game against NC State, uh, Campbell, minus 137.
0: (laughs) Okay, can I I give the disclaimer out first? Please, we are projecting starting pitchers. Nobody is releasing starting pitchers this early in the week. In fact, a lot of coaches aren't going to release them until an hour or so before the game. Go to the individual team's Twitter's. And check out starting lineups because we're projecting starting pitchers here. It's why we kind of stayed away from number one seeds. We know they're pitching down, but are they pitching twos or pitching threes? But my, we felt it easier to project the starting pitchers for the two and three seeds who are almost all going to go with their aces on day one. But Rarely
1: players, does a two or three seed save their ace.
0: Correct, right. not, like, a not Tennessee, like Tennessee yeah. might, right. Okay? Right. but please go and check these things. So uh, we like uh, Kate K- K- Kubler uh, from Campbell. He's their ace. He's 8-0 on the season, um, top 35 nationally, ERA at 282, 87 strikeouts in 67 innings, 191 batting average against, uh, and again, we talked about the Campbell offense. On the other hand, for NC State, uh, Logan Whitaker, uh, his last, uh, stand, uh, against, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, was the first time he had gone uh, into the seventh inning, but the five times before that he had been hit very hard, uh, 17 earned runs in 17 innings against Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina and the Citadel. Four and a half ERA. Uh, they used him twice uh, last weekend. So uh, he got hit hard coming off a short rest. We think that that game against Pittsburgh was an outlier, that he'll revert to the mean. I think Campbell minus 137 was what I got it when I wrote this down. Um, I think they've got the pitching advantage here. I think it's a very reasonable number. If you look at Campbell-NC State, well, NC State's a bigger program. Campbell's the better team here, and they've got the better pitcher in game one. 137's a reasonable price to lay.
1: All right, second one, let's get through these. Oklahoma uh, even money uh, versus ECU. Last year's runner-up, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, lost two straight in the championship series to Ole Miss.
0: We like Braden Carmichael here. Carmichael started the season as a reliever, but he began uh, starting games at the beginning of April in nine starts, seven in the league. He's given up uh, only 18 earned runs in 56 innings. Oklahoma has a seven-and-two record in games that he started His uh, second-to-last start, a four-hit complete game shutout against Oklahoma State. And, Jimmy, you'll like this, zero walks in the 56 innings uh, that he has pitched. He's only given up seven walks. I think you talked to me earlier about, hey, listen, we're, we're talking about all these teams. so many walks. Well, Carmichael doesn't walk very many guys. Meanwhile, ECU's best pitcher is Trey Yusevich. And he's fantastic, but they have pulled him out of the starting rotation and used him more as an either a closer or an opener, in which the games that they've started, they've gotten him out very quickly. So I don't know that he is going, his numbers are very good for the whole year, but the way they've been using him in the last two weeks is not as a traditional starter. I'm not even sure he's going to start this game. So Braden Carmichael with Oklahoma at even money, I think is a good play.
1: All right, the ULL University of Louisiana Lafayette barely gets in. Uh, it helped them that they played, uh, got a couple of quality wins against the top ten RPI team in Coastal Carolina. Two of those in the Sun Belt tournament, so they squeeze in. Texas is minus one ninety five against ULL.
0: Matt Deggs, who's the coach at ULL Lafayette, said, "We left it all on the field in Montgomery. You know, they how could they not be a tired baseball team, Jimmy? They played." Uh, Till the the late games on Thursday and Friday, got back in bed at 2 a.m. Then they had to beat Coastal Carolina twice on Saturday. They finally ran out of gas against Southern Miss on Sunday. Six games in five days, four ranked opponents, all of them top 60 teams. They're going to see one of two pitchers. Texas really has co-aces. In Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson, both of them have very, very similar numbers. LSU fans will remember LeBaron Johnson. He gave up five, he had five shutout innings against LSU that game back in February. Both of them are pitching really well. Either, uh, would work. I think they're going to run into a very tired baseball team in UL Lafayette. It's a big number at 195, but, uh, we're, we're going to lay it here, uh, with the Texas Longhorns.
1: All right, Troy, uh, speaking of the Sun Belt, uh, plus 110 against Boston College. Boston College with a uh, really nice season this year out of the ACC.
0: Grayson Stewart is who we're backing here for Troy. 15 starts, 9-2, and 355 ERA, 12-20 whip. He's only gotten, failed to complete five innings one time all year. He's only given up more than three earned runs twice. Uh, so you're talking about a very consistent pitcher in Grayson Stewart. Uh, his last start against Appalachian State was rocky but it's only the second bad start that he's had all year. Uh, 88 strikeouts in 83 innings is good, not great, but only 21 walks again we're looking at pitchers with good command here. Um, Troy has uh, has won at Auburn. they've beaten Southern Miss. Uh, they swept UL yet so they've beaten some good teams. Boston College has good pitching, but there's nobody overwhelming at the top of that rotation. Uh, i got to give credit to BC. Uh, They're the only team to beat Clemson last month and a half, but uh, they're a little bit snubbed here. They thought that they should be a host site. I think they're going to run into a very good pitcher in the first game. I like Troy here, plus 110.
1: And TCU, minus 130 against Arizona.
0: Take out Clemson and the Horned Frogs might be the hottest team in the country. They're 12-1 in their last three and a half weeks. They just scored 48 runs in four games in the Big 12 tournament. I mean, they blasted that field. Oklahoma State, a regional host site, got rocked in the final game. We don't want to respond too much to just the Big 12 tournaments. That's why I went back three and a half weeks. Um, uh, Cole Kleckler, uh, or Luis Rodriguez. Uh, both of them have very similar numbers for TCU, uh, minus 130 here. Uh, for Arizona, uh, the reports out of Tucson is that uh, it's going to be Cam Witty. He's been their Friday night guy, but man, uh, he has been rocky lately. He's allowed 17 runs on 28 hits in his last 14 innings. He's 5-0, but the ERA and WHIP numbers are very, very high. Arizona swings it well, but I think the pitching matchup Favors TCU here with either Kleckler or Rodriguez against Witte, and TCU's swinging even hotter bats in Arizona. I think minus 130 is a, re- a reasonable price for the Horned Frogs here.
1: All right, one more regional that I like on the way out is Southern Miss. They're plus one hundred and fifty in the Auburn regional. They were a national seed last year. The coach just announced his uh his retirement. They will play it out and hand it over to his pitching coach, who's basically been a coach in waiting. But a really good team in Southern Miss. That should be uh, kind of a flip of the coin between who gets out of the Auburn regional between Auburn and Southern Miss. I'll take the price at plus one hundred and fifty. Uh, we'll They're gonna run next to-
0: week. <laughs> They're going to run Tanner Hall out in the opener. Uh, Samford has a fantastic ace. I'm forgetting his uh, name right now. Uh, But that will be one of the best pitching matchups of day one, Samford and Southern Miss.
1: We're out of time this week. Next week we'll have the 16 super regional uh, participants and more adjusted odds when we come back. Again, for Charles Handergriff, I'm Jimmy Odd on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.